Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white balls live. I'm your host Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-hosts KJ and T-Bone. How's it going, fellas? What's up, guys? Doing swimmingly. Good. Y'all have a nice weekend. Oh yeah, it was good. Got to play some golf. Got to watch some golf. So good. And and it was Super Bowl Sunday. That too. But that this doesn't is, matter. Yeah, this is a golf podcast, so we're gonna. And that Super Bowl sucked. We're gonna. Yeah, it was kind of boring. We're, but. But the waste management was this weekend, and it was a lot of fun to watch. We're going to talk a lot about that. We're coming to you from Houston, so we want to say thank you to our friends from Golf Smart for letting us record here. Uh, check us out on social media at 3UnderParPod. That is the number 3, 3UnderParPod on Twitter and Instagram, all the social media platforms. For right now, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe and write us a review and give us a five-star rating. But most importantly, tell a friend about the podcast. We're doing this because we love golf and hopefully you enjoy our commentary enough to want to tell a friend. We got a lot to get into for this episode. As we touched on earlier, the waste management was was this weekend. What'd y'all think? Hell yeah. I'm I'm thrilled. Always love a Ricky win. It was a always. And there's not a lot of them, but I love it. (laughs) Well, that was kind of the knock on him. You know, this was the first time where he was actually able to close the tournament. We I mean, we talked about that a couple of podcasts ago. KJ was kind of it's kind of ragging on us, saying, what do you mean he can't close? Y- y'all were talking about Rory then, though, talking about closing on Sunday. Rory and Ricky, yeah. Kind yeah, of same. Ricky, Ricky has that, had that MO, especially that, you know, we talked about him in that interview in 2016 where he was almost in tears because he didn't close that one against Matsuyama. But I'm glad he finished it. I mean, can't call it a real strong finish. It looked like he almost tried <laughs> to give it away. He did. But, uh, you know, a couple, a double and a triple, that's, that's a rough. Well, as bad of a finish as it was, it also shows you how well he played to shoot 74 and all that shit happen and yeah. still win. Not even have your B game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I almost turned the golf tournament off to start watching the Super Bowl festivities getting going on, especially after birdie 10. But I kept it on for 11, and I'm really glad I did because yeah. that's when chaos ensued. Holy. Man, that was wild the way that, first off, when he chipped over the green, I was like, Okay. Sit. Like that's oh, yeah. sit. That's not good. And sit. Then, and then his ball rolls back into the water after that. Like, and nobody knew what was going on. The announcers didn't even know. Ricky didn't even know. Like, I what was the score? No, the nobody shot, knew. It was amazing. The shot, the chip that went over the green. How that ball didn't go into the bunker was terrible luck. Yep. And then you place a ball and it f- rolls into the water. <laughs> That's even worse luck. <laughs> he literally placed it, and it rolled right back in. And that chip he hit, I don't, I don't know if you all kind of recognize that. That, chip, that was not a bad chip. He didn't catch it fat. He didn't skull it. No. But the greens were wet, and you know when you, you try to hit the low checker? He was going with little club head speed trying mm-hmm. to hit the low checker. When that first bounce skids on you, you're, you're, you're done. You're three sheets to the wind right yes. there. And, and I think we should give a little background because – Although we do have golf listeners uh, on this podcast, it was Super Bowl Sunday. So for those of you that weren't aware, Ricky had, what was it, a four-shot lead at the time? He had a five-shot lead yeah, after five. he birdied number 10. So at the turn, he yeah. birdied 10, he gets to 11, he's just off the green chipping for birdie, hits it a little firm, and it rolls over the back of the green, hugging, absolutely hugging the bunker, and just trickles on into the water. So we're like, oh shit, this is getting bad. So he drops it twice. Both of them don't stay in play, right. so he gets to place the ball. Mm-hmm. He places the ball and walks up to the green and just the worst thing I've ever the seen The ball just happens. rolls the in the water. The ball just nobody, rolls in the water. Yeah, nobody touched it or anything. And I'm thinking, oh, no big deal that he wasn't – he didn't address the ball, nothing happened, but they're talking about it. I'm like, oh, shit, that's another stroke. Yeah. So now he's got to get up and down for triple. 
and it was a hell of an up and down. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Everybody thought he made eight on it because they're like, is it a show penalty? Especially the rule changes now. Like, nobody knew what was going on. Well, the, the, guy, the announcers had it wrong. They were still thinking that he hit, like, you know, when you hit it in. So you hit one in, two out, and you're hitting three. But he didn't make the stroke to make it go in. Mm-hmm. So all he had was that one for coming out. Right. So the, both announcers had it wrong. And it was the first. It was the. It was the day after Johnny Miller retired too. Johnny Miller retired a day early because I would have loved <laughs> oh, to hear his commentary God. on it. Which, by the way, that was a really nice send off they had for him on Saturday. I really. I tried to make sure that I was there on Saturday to watch the broadcast. It was great. Yeah, uh, I mean Johnny Miller was one of the best to ever do it in my opinion. It was a great send off. The song was a little rough though. Oh yeah, that was brutal. Did you see? Okay, I'm gonna miss so, you. Total Johnny Miller. <laughs> Total Johnny Miller comment. They're talking about Ben Yoon on. He gets up there and he's calling for ruling and he's slowing it down. And he gets over a four footer. Did y'all see this? He gets over a four footer, doesn't even touch the hole. And without missing a beat, I don't even think the ball had stopped rolling. Johnny Miller goes, Well, that's what you get for slowing down play for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, there he is. Johnny Miller. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so so I guess coming back to Ricky real quick. It's his first win in a while. I mean, he didn't win last year. I don't want to say that we expect big things from Ricky now, especially that he won. I don't want to get caught in the moment because there are so many great guys that are on tour that any person can win on any single week. But with that being said, Ricky has finished top five in every single major. He finished second on the Masters last year. I think this is his year to win a major. You know, I picked him for the U.S. Open to win. I mean, he's got to win one in the next year or two, I think, to really solidify himself as a as one of the top players in the game. Do you think uh... – final round like that actually made him feel better yes he closed but do you think that made him feel better about his mo of not finishing i think I mean, so because a lot of the stuff that happened was out of his control it was one shot it was, was one shot he hit a full-on shank on three like a full-on shank exactly well i mean that's the thing he he recovered strong well yeah like like he he faced adversity and he overcame it he, he still ended up with a two-shot victory with a double and a triple yeah that's true. Both of those shots that, I mean, you got in trouble. He got up and down after a ball rolled. I don't know about y'all. You don't talk about mentally tough. Your ball, like, everybody is rooting for you, and then something just totally comes out of left field and just, nope, not today, buddy. Sorry yep. about that. But he got that well, one up and down, and after that shank, he drops it, and he's hitting off the car path. Perfect clip. Mm-hmm. And then drops like a 30-foot slider. I think what I'm trying to say is this is the first time I've seen Ricky be mentally strong to close out a golf tournament because nine times in his career, he's held a 36-hole lead and hasn't been able to finish. So this is the first time he was really able to close. I uh, think I think he's due for a big year or at least two years. I agree. Yeah. I will also say, even though he hasn't necessarily always closed and hasn't won as much, he looked fucking cool as a cucumber on the course. Yeah, he did. He did. His, hell, like, his personal hell was just like... The on display. And it's raining, and too. It's the weather's raining. bad. Ugh. I would have called the cart lady out for shots right then <laughs> as soon as my ball rolled. He and was I'm so screwed. It was. I was like, if he doesn't win this tournament, like, this, I'm thinking if he doesn't get this up and down, win this tournament, he's making quad, he's out of the lead, blah, this shit. And he's just like, nothing's phased. He looks like he just made a birdie. Right. And, yeah, props to him for coming back from that because that would have been just absolutely tragic. That, that mentally tough and – where you could see it just kind of click over. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, all right, I'm, I'm big dick Rick now. Like, well, I'm here. Well, especially on 16. Or, uh, on, I'm sorry, 17, on 17. When he hit driver, that's the moment. I was like, big dick Rick. It doesn't matter what he does. He's, he's winning this, and he's back. Exactly, because that was the hole that he hit it. He hit over. into the water yeah. when he was in the playoff against Matsuyama right. a couple years ago. And that was a pretty unfortunate bounce, too, to go all the way through like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, when he, when he hit it on the grain, I was like, 
I don't right, think Ricky, I see you. I don't think he knew that Brendan Grace made bogey there. I think he was thinking that he made par because right. he still pulled out driver two-stroke lead. Like, I'm, I'm hitting five iron for sure. Well, I like it because he didn't change his game plan. You know, these guys come up with the game plan every single week, you know, before the tournament. And when people get into trouble is when they deviate from their game plan. That's true. But if you have a 12-stroke lead, are you hitting driver on 17? Putter, putter, putter. Putter, 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 I mean, putter, putter, putter. How many times <laughs> is he going to make bogey going five iron, you know, flip 60 in there? Right. Never, never. Another thing about this tournament, KJ just noted it. If you guys didn't hear this, um, over the years, Ricky's been starting to get a nickname at the Waste Management. I went last year and witnessed it firsthand. Um, he was walking – I remember on Saturday of last year, he was – close to the lead might have been in the lead and you just hear chants from every drunk fan at <laughs> TP. Yes. so they brought it up to him and they yeah. actually asked so, him about it so i have the comment oh yes. so it was perfect ricky fowler on the phoenix fans calling him quote unquote big dick rick ricky it's been going on for a few years now it's really growing the name, I mean. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just, Ooh, he's a grower and a shower. It, man. <laughs> I mean, can the guy get any more likable? you gotta love, you got to love Ricky, love the game, than just to say that in a press conference. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, congrats to Ricky. It was well-deserved. Um, we want to qu- give a quick shout-out to our honorable don't mention. The person who finished dead last was Wee Kim. It's W-H-E-E Kim. Uh, he's South Korean. Turned pro in 2010. Don't really know much about the guy. He, but. W- he won something big. He won a big tournament. I'm not sure. No, no shit. I'm not making this up. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is. Well, because his you name's know, Wee Kim and nobody's really ever heard of him, but I know he won a big tournament. Okay. We well, need to hire an admin one of these days to just kind of check up on these things when we don't really know where we're going with it. But Research. Research <laughs> guy. Where's the research guy? Yeah, well, <laughs> He's we'll in get the shooter. next week. Right. Well, you know, coming back to the rules, because there was a lot of chaos with Ricky's ball going in the water on 11. I want to touch on Denny McCarthy real quick. He won the Web.com Tour Championship last year, so I believe it's his first year as official PJ Tour member. And it's the, it's that damn caddy rule again, man. Yeah. Like, he, he, he got a two-shot penalty because it be, – I'm so pissed off about this. He was – he wasn't even addressing his ball. It was, it was a practice yeah. swing. Exactly. And the freaking USGA were like, oh, no, you got to – that's a penalty shot. So the shot. caddy was standing behind him while he was taking practice Correct. swings. Correct. Right? But they said he addressed the ball or whatever. But Bullshit. He backed off after that, so he backed off. So that should just totally, and it does totally negate the fact that he was trying to line him up or anything. But but like most of these caddies are golfers, and anybody mm-hmm. who's played tournament golf or anything, you know every single shot starts one place, and that's directly behind the ball. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a caddy, I'm still in that mode. Like I'm still behind the golf ball, saying you know, right? This is or what's maybe going they're just nailing down some final yardages. You're literally just talking to your caddy. Yeah. You know. Now if he whips out alignment sticks. And something like that. Obviously, all right, we'll figure it out. But that was not yeah. that, no no penalty. Yeah, for this sure. is bad, especially since it was the week after Ho Tung Lee. Yep. Yeah. It was the week after Ho Tung Lee had that, that putt that cost him about a hundred thousand dollars, give or take. It cost him world golf ranking points. Yep. And then but you know, this is why I hate the USGA. They they can't make up their mind, they can't decide what they're doing. And props to the uh, to the PGA tour coming in and be like, No, like this is kind of wrong. Yeah, that's that's not the intent of the rule. They kept talking about the language of the rule, or how like it should be not, interpreted. Yeah, that's not yeah, how it's interpreted. Okay. Spin zone, though. So they changed it, I believe, Saturday or Sunday, and but that was the day after or the day of that video evidence came out that the same thing happened to Ricky Fowler and the same thing happened to Justin Thomas. If that didn't happen to Justin Thomas or Ricky Fowler, do you think they would have changed the penalty for Denny McCarthy? Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm not gonna that's, say one way or the other. I'm just good. I'm just throwing that out good there. Question. I'm just throwing that out there. Yep. Yeah. It drove me nuts because I was so mad when I when I when I saw this. I literally woke up on Saturday morning and was just like taking notes like crazy. Like this is I was so mad. Like Sergio mad. That transition just very nicely <laughs> to the European tour. Sergio Garcia. Which <laughs> Ooh, he was man, a hothead. He I was not I was not expecting that when he came out. He's always right been there. he's always been fiery, but you know, expect him you know, all these wins under belt, you know, one of the best players to ever play, really, one of the best players now. Mm-hmm. Acting like that? Like shit, everybody has a bad day. Like yep. if it's course conditions, you know, go get on your private jet, leave. I'm kinda of surprised <laughs> the European tour didn't uh, didn't suspend him. They DQ'd him for the tournament, but there's no form of suspension that's come along with it. Yeah, I, if you guys haven't seen the video, uh, so he was originally, I guess, disqualified for scuff marks and kind of damaging the greens. That well, was it, it was for quote serious misconduct. Yeah, you okay. can't you can't which is very subjective for that right there. You can't yeah. say you drag your feet, you're disqualified. But misconduct, you can throw anything into that. Yeah. I like I should be suspended for almost every round. Yeah, I would. Gloves are flying. I mean, no, <laughs> I, not that, but the amount of alcohol that is consumed Ooh, yep. and some of the shit that's said. Um, I would definitely consider there should be some misconduct. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a witness, I can uh, confirm that. <laughs> that was a good round. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, the Sergio sand tantrum was something else. He was just whipping his wedge two feet into the into the sand. And I think uh, that kind of makes me think of just like a – if that was like a junior golfer and that was a kid, and if you had like a kid's dad out there seeing that, like he would have just – Slap the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. my, my dad would have pulled me out of the golf course so yeah. fast if I would have done that. So, yeah. And, I mean, the European Tour is the first time playing in Saudi, in Saudi Arabia. You know, take it with it as you will. Those guys were playing where the money is. And I believe even Dustin Johnson won. Oh, like, my that was, God. That was 61. Okay. So, they're talking about how he, like, most DJ finish on the planet. All right. Par five. Oh, yes. What does he do? Big dicks it right down the middle. Hits eight iron to par five, two putts, and just like a little casual tip of the hat and takes his trophy and gets, gets and out of home. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Yep. Not bad. <laughs> like like driver driver eight iron. Like He's probably boom. zoinked out of his mind. When he did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. God. All right. So we got we got a, a quick segment here we want to dive into before our interview with the Fit Golfer Girl. Thanks to Carolina Romero for coming on the podcast. We had a lot of fun uh, talking with her. And so uh, before we get that, though, we're going to uh, transition the golf gossip with T-Bone. So, T-Bone, what did you see in the golf gossip world? Yeah, so, again, uh, got some juicy stories as usual. Uh, so, last oh, yeah. week, uh, we had Michelle Wee and, you know, the daddy's little boy, uh-huh. Johnny West. Mm-hmm. We have daddy's son uh, again uh, this week for golf gossip, but this one's not quite as uh, good of a story. We have Wayne Player, son of a Gary Player. He's kind of in some trouble. So mm-hmm. Wayne spent five days in jail last week for uh, fraud and bad checks charges, and this stems back from a house he rented uh, during the Masters last year. He paid the homeowner uh, in checks that bounced big time. Mm-hmm. And um, so Wayne was going back to South Africa last week, was stopped before getting on the plane, taken to jail. <laughs> to make things worse, he's diabetic. And he claims he almost died in prison because they didn't give him enough insulin. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So he wasn't doing too well. And it turns out he had quite the time at the Masters last year. So uh, his story about the the running the house was he didn't know the exact amount. So he told or the homeowner told him to send him a blank check 
and they were going to fill in the amount and Wolf. the and the bank wasn't able to process it that's okay mm. okay okay eh. yeah Woo. i don't know about um, that so that that's still pending spent five days in jail for it um and it also turns out that last last year wayne decided he was going to get a little thing together called the green jacket masters experience of 2018 that sounds really cool doesn't it yeah the green mat the green jacket out, experience. did it turn out like the fire festival it was it was pretty oh, much a, let's wow. go, it was a fire festival of golf pretty <laughs> much. nice so Nice. So this couple paid uh, for the Green Jacket Masters experience. It was $6,850 per person, and it included a dinner, open bar with player, breakfast, and lunch at the Founders Club for do- for two days, tickets to the Par 3 contest. Man, this is – there's more. That's a true experience. Uh, and then the opening round of the Masters and a daily 9.30 a.m. walk of the back nine with Gary Player – and meet and greet with his dad. Whoo, man. That's like got fire festival written all over. <laughs> he so, promised the world on that. Oh so, my gosh. Uh, of course, now that shit happened. Um, <laughs> can, can you just imagine Wayne just going, uh, hold on, I got to get my South African accent here. Daddy, can you walk the back nine with my friends? <laughs> Son, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, fuck, okay. So he was in the hole. And um, so the guy that paid for it went and confronted uh, Wayne Player about it. And Wayne apparently headbutted him. And uh, yeah, yeah, now yeah, because that's going to make it better, right? <laughs> yeah. So the reports Gosh. were that he headbutted the guy. And now he's uh, went ahead and pled guilty to battery. And um, he's dealing with that lawsuit now as well. So this guy's racking it up. Do take what you want about that. Um, he kind of sounds like a bastard. He looks like a greasy bastard if you see his mugshot. <laughs> oh, wow. Hair. But, you know, I hate to kind of, you know, shit on the guy because I love the Dark Knight. you got to love Gary Player, yeah. so I feel bad. Oh, he's the best. you, you got to love Gary Player, and it sucks when you got a little dipshit son like this. <laughs> um, the guy is 57, too, which is... Oh, okay, so solid. So he's just so, maturing now. And he also, <laughs> yeah. just to continue to shit on the guy, he had 17 PGA Tour events, 17 missed cuts. Oh, Wolf ran the table. So it sounds like he's been given a lot of opportunities by his dad and maybe hasn't taken advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't blame him for not making cuts, I guess. But all the other shit, sounds like he's he's not uh, not doing too hot right now. Right. Well, we'll, we'll keep you all updated if there's any more to come <laughs> with the Wayne Player story. I feel bad for Gary Player, man. Like his, na- his name just getting... Jacked through the mud for no reason because, like you said, his son's kind of a dipshit, which yeah. has literally never happened to a guy like Gary Player. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, like all those years, just perfect. And now this. I wonder if they're going to talk about it this year at the Masters. I don't Probably know. not. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't see. Uh, I don't see Jim Nance coming up to Gary Player and be like, "So, Gary, how's your son doing these days?" <laughs> I don't think so. Hello, I don't friends. think Wayne's welcome back. <laughs> right. <laughs> he <laughs> might. He might be at Hooters with JD. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, stay tuned for the John Daly quote of the day later on in this episode. But before we get there, we have another guest that's coming on. Not only the Fit Golfer Girl, but we have another guest. Who's coming on? We have Jack the Golf Hack coming in. I guess it's appropriate having Jack on uh, a a local Bostonian. Uh, I'm sure very thrilled about the Patriots' big win Mm -hmm. this weekend. So I think it's only right to have him on. We are joined by Jack the Golf Hack. Jack, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Scotty D, thank you for having me, motherfucker. I'm happy to be here. Jack, what's new with you? 
Not that much. I just tore it up this weekend on the course as usual. Awesome. How'd you play? Well, not only did how I play, how did I look? I went to American Eagle before the round, got a nice pair of camo cargo shorts. Yeah? My Sky Caddy fits fucking perfectly in the cargo pocket. And no kidding. Yeah, I looked like a thousand bucks out there. Wow. And, you know, right before the round, I uh, polished off a couple monsters. I was fucking tweaking on the tee box. Was absolutely ripping it into the woods all day, baby. Got some nice shade. Oh, the Ripper Magoos, right? Ripper Magoo, Ripper Magoo. <laughs> I hit it in every single bunker. Didn't rake it one time. Showed them who's boss. Yeah, uh, but it was a good day. Except for, you know, towards the end, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not allowed back to the course. There is a restraining order. I uh, got a little too comfortable with the cart girl, so uh, not welcome back. But overall, as usual, tore it up this weekend. Man, but that's awesome to hear, Jack. I really, I really appreciate the update here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, see are, you next week. Are you going to be joining us next week? Hey, we'll see. We'll see what the listeners say. We'll see uh, if anyone's offended by this. Uh, we'll, we'll play it by ear. Okay. No, it sounds good, Jack. Thanks for checking in. We really appreciate it. Anytime. That was Jack the Golf Hack. We're going to try to bring some segments to y'all, to the listeners, try to keep it entertaining for you. Uh, we'll see if Jack makes another appearance here pretty soon. I think he might. Uh, next on, we have the Fit Golfer Girl, Carolina Romero. Uh, we had a really great conversation with her. She was a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, she had some great stuff to talk about in terms of golf and fitness and kind of her story and journey through that time period. So here's the Fit Golfer Girl. We have a very special guest, the one and only Fit Golfer Girl. Carolina Romero. Carolina, thank you so much for joining. We are very excited for today. I am super excited, too. Awesome. Awesome. So for all the viewers out there, uh, just a little background on Carolina. Um, She is originally from Bogota, Colombia. She grew up as a nationally ranked golfer, um, continued the ranks through the collegiate level uh, at South Florida, and she now resides in Boca Raton, Florida, where she is a TPI certified golf fitness coach, which is pretty badass. They're and really, like spying on me. Oh no, 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 definitely it's not, definitely accurate. not. It's all very accurate. I'm very impressed. <laughs> okay, hey, I, I do my. You're telling I, me things about myself that I didn't even know. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely uh, did some research, but uh, yeah, just, just reading up on you a little bit. But golf was your first passion, and then kind of turned into fitness, and then kind of a combination of both. Um, would love to hear your story of just kind of how you got into golf, uh, what you loved about it, and just, yeah, kind of take it from there. Sure. All right. So, like, you know, I, I was born in Miami, but I grew up in Bogota, and both my parents are golfers. So, you know, like, I don't ever remember being in America. Like, all of my memories happened down in Colombia. Uh, golf in Colombia is actually pretty big, but it's not nearly as accessible as it is over here. So, you know, it's more like for people that are members of country clubs, there really aren't a lot of public golf courses, like maybe three in the country. So it's like a lot more exclusive, but it's still really big. You know, you have like big players like Camilo uh, Villegas and Manuel Villegas and like, you know, Maria Joribe, they're all Colombian. And, you know, like we all play together, like we all know each other. So golf is pretty big. Both my parents played and, uh, you know, like as soon as I was like old enough to get up early and go play with them on the weekend, I they, they kind of got me into it. I remember they kind of like cornered me into it a little bit. We were on vacation here in Miami. And uh, we went to like this Miami golf superstore. It's like this huge store, like downtown Miami. And they're like, well, do you want this set of clubs? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I was nine years old. Like what nine-year-old is going to say no to a set of clubs? Huh. 
And uh, they're like, well, if we buy you the set of clubs, then you're going to have to start practicing seriously. And ever since that day, I just, like, practiced, like, my butt off, like, four times a week. And, you know, it was, like, really serious. You know, it was never really, like, a, a leisurely golf period for me. It was always, like, really serious. Uh, so I was really good as a kid. And, um, you know, I really liked winning. <laughs> Duh. And I was winning <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot. So I liked that. And then, you know, as I grew up, I kind of like got a little bit into my head, you know, when you start like doubting yourself and whatever. But I was good enough to make it to college, played in college. And then I was like, I am never playing golf again. Screw this. <laughs> I hate this. This is the worst. Like I played this my entire life. I hate it so much. So I actually got a job in finance. I moved up to New York City where I worked for five years. And um, I was like, yeah, this is miserable. I hate this. <laughs> so when I was up there, I kind of discovered my love for fitness. And that's when I decided to become a personal trainer. So while I was still working finance full time, I started studying and I started taking clients before and after work. And uh, eventually I just made the leap and jumped off finance and started personal training full time here in Florida. I was like, you know what? I, I don't really have anything holding me in New York. It's like, why am I going to stay in the cold? I just like came down to Florida and uh, I specialize really mostly in golf and senior fitness, which in Florida kind of go hand in hand. So sure. I train a few professional golfers, uh, but I also train a lot of older golfers, you know, like country club, golfer, retired, living the dream here in Boca. And uh, that's kind of how it happened. So first came golf, then came fitness, and then they came golf fitness in a retirement package in Boca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love how you said that whenever you're done playing in college, you're like, I'm done with that. I feel like a lot of college golfers are like that. I remember telling people, it's like, I will never touch a golf club again. You know, <laughs> are like, oh, you will, you will. You know, when you don't really have to do this, man, like for, for sure, when you don't have to do it because you have to do it, you're going to enjoy it. And I'm like, no, never. I will never do this again. And uh, look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I can totally relate. I feel like, especially when I'm on the golf course, I'll just have these super dark thoughts about the game. Like, I I just rope-hooked one. Uh, I was playing on Sunday and just, like, rope-hooked it probably into someone's living room. And I was just thinking, why, why are you doing this podcast? Why do you still keep playing golf? But here I am. I'm back. I don't know exactly what you mean. Like, a couple... You know, so like after you stop playing for five years, but in your mind, you're still good, right? But in reality, you suck. So you go out there and you expect to be just as good as you, as you used to be. And now you actually can't hit the ball. So you get super frustrated. It's like really sucks. Uh, and like I remember like a year ago or something, uh, actually right before I started working with my coach, I went out with a, with a couple clients, you know, so they, they all belong to private clubs here in Florida. They take me out to this really nice golf course and I'm out there. I probably lost like 18 balls, not even kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> like my clients were like, good thing you get free balls. Like it was that embarrassing, you know, I was like chunking, hooking everything off the tee. Like, oh God, it was so embarrassing. I wanted to die. And then, you know, like after that, I was like, remember just going to the car on my way home and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, like I was about to cry, you know, just like, oh, my God, like I feel like shit right now. And that's like what made me want to you know, reach out to my coach and start working on my swing and actually get better just because going out there and playing sucky is no fun. Right? Oh, never. 
No. So I yeah. was like, you know, like I'm in this industry. I am the fit golfer girl. I can't suck this much. <laughs> well, <laughs> but not this much. I feel you. I'm on this golf podcast, but I suck. So I, I gotta, I gotta get with the program too. Yeah, you got, you gotta get, you gotta get your shit together. <laughs> Always. I think it, it would also be interesting, just kind of for the viewers to um, hear a little bit about like what TPI is and uh, just kind of that combination of fitness and golf and how important that is for your game. Yeah. So TPI, for those of you that don't know, stands for Titleist Performance Institute. And they're kind of like the main like certifying organization for golf fitness. So a bunch of really smart people, doctors and professional golfers and instructors basically got together and figured out a way to test golfers to figure out what aspects of their body were keeping them from having a good swing. So, you know, there's things whenever you're playing crappy or you have a bad swing, there's things that you can correct out of just like, you know, changing mechanics or, you know, just practicing, but there's also things that are actually ingrained in your body, and that's the only way that you can move. And that's what TPI is all about, identifying those things that are keeping you from a better swing, correcting them at the gym, and then that allows you to have a better swing in the end. However, in the meantime, while you are working on those things and they're not 100% there yet, it's your instructor's job to basically work with what you have to keep you healthy and keep you playing the best golf you possibly can. So it's like, I would say it's like a team effort of three parts. You know, it's the trainer, it's the medical, and it's the instructor. So instructor is going to work with your swing. They're going to work with what you currently have. The trainer is going to work on improving what you have so that you can swing better. And then if you have, like, other issues that the trainer cannot fix, you know, like problems that are, like, anatomical or, you know, stuff that I can't really work on at the gym, you refer them to the medical team. And it's kind of like a big team approach to improving the golfer from the ground up. So when I have clients come in and they're, they say they work, they worked out twice this week and their arms are like limp spaghetti noodles. It's your fault is what you're saying. Well, no, you know why? Because like if (laughs) if they came to me, we will most likely not be doing arms. You know, like there's like I, what I learned is that we young people, we, we all work out wrong. You know, before I started doing TPI and before I, like, got smart about it, I remember my workouts were ridiculous. Like, I used to work out, like, three hours. I would do boxing. Then I would, like, take a class. And then I would, like, lift for three hours. Like, just some nuts, just crazy nonsense. And what I learned is that, you know, like, you shouldn't really just work out for the sake of working out. You need to work out with a purpose. So for somebody who wants to grow their arms – that is going to work. You know, go do your biceps and your triceps, whatever you want. Go do your chest. But if your goal is to get better at golf, that's probably not going to help. Agreed. You know what I mean? A, tiger. So like a yeah. normal bro workout most likely <laughs> help your golf game. You know, so I guess that's when you kind of have to pick. You know, say, like, what do you want? Do you want to have big chest, biceps, or, you know, or do you want to, like, have a swing that's a body that's going to allow you to swing really good? Well, the problem with us here on this podcast is we don't have either option. Yeah, that's true. We don't really – I don't think any of us here really have or are capable of the uh, big bro muscles and also uh, – You'll be surprised. You can, if you can dream it, you can do it. Oh, <laughs> love it. Love, love it. it. <laughs> I'm about to say, Brooks Kepka might argue against that, though. Well, you know, like, like I'm thinking, you know, like you have players like that, you know, that are really, really athletic. 
And now you're thinking these players are being trained by the best trainers in the industry. And these trainers are making sure that whatever movements they're doing are not affecting their golf swing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they, they right. can bench. You know what I mean? You see Brooks benching a ton of weight right before he wins. You know, like that's okay because that is in his programming. You know, his TPI certified trainers are programming that into his workouts so that whatever he does that day, he's offsetting another day and it's not going to affect the way that he moves. But a guy who's just like, yeah, you know, on Monday I do chest and I do arms and I do chest and I do arms and I do chest and I do arms. You know, that's not like how it should work. You know, you need to have a balanced program. And, uh, you know, like the typical bro workout is not it. <laughs> What's the most common thing that you see that people need to improve on? All right. So this is actually a great question because, like I said, I train a lot of seniors. So basically, I know where we're all headed. You know, so I gym at age 25, and I already know what kind of like senior you're gonna be. And the number. Oh gosh. Oh man, I'm in trouble. You have no idea. Yeah. The number one, like the three things that I see are weak glutes. Number one, I would say like 95% of the people I test have weak glutes. And number two, bad posture, which leads to shoulder problems, elbow problems, rotation problems. And uh, number three, just uh. Let's see, what would be number three? Like, just, like, overall stiffness and, like, just working on the wrong things and believing the wrong things. You know, like, I get a lot of people that are like, well, you know, like, I have lower back pain because my lower back is weak. And I'm like, no, that's not where you have lower back pain. You know what I mean? But, like, you have to, like, explain the where it comes from. Usually, if you have pain, it doesn't come from where you're hurting. It comes from somewhere else. But it's, you know, everybody... I would say 95% of the people that I see have the same issues, and that's that's it. Bad posture, bad shoulders, bad back, weak glutes. That that statement kind of scares me that you can tell <laughs> oh. uh, what they're going to be like as an elder because this is a true story. This was about a week and a half ago. This is the most old man thing I've ever done. But I was getting dressed, uh, getting dressed for work. And I put on a sweater vest, and as I was putting on my sweater vest, I pulled something in Wait, my back. That is the oldest thing you've ever done, put on a sweater vest, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, and then injured my back while doing it. Oh, okay. I pulled it. something in my back, and it, I was in so much pain, I went to Academy and bought a foam roller. Oh, my <laughs> So, I mean, if you're saying that you can tell what people are going to be like when they're older, I feel like I'm not off to a very good start. It's so fun. You know, because like I'm surrounded by a lot of like a lot of my friends are like very fit young people. I have one of my friends. She's a crossfitter. She's a little beast, like just six pack, just shredded, like total beast. And she's like, my my shoulder hurts. And I like stick my finger in like exactly the right spot. And she's like dying of pain. And I'm like, if you don't fix this later, if you don't fix this right now, you're not going to be able to do anything in 10 years. You know what I mean? So it's like I already know exactly where everyone's headed based on their problems. You know, people come to me, oh, I pulled my back. Like, you know, like, friend, my young 20-year-old something friends. And I just, like, take my finger and I stick it in the right spot and they're, like, dying of pain. And I'm like, this is what you have. You know, I know exactly where, you know, like, obviously, granted, a lot of times, a lot of times it's not, like, that easy. But most of the times it is that easy. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if I should, if you should ever give me a diagnosis then because <laughs> uh, – I might be a pretty complicated case for you. you. You know what? I sometimes say that, you guys, I would rather work with somebody who has never worked out 
than somebody that's worked out wrong. Because I feel like you can make more damage working out the wrong way than you can by just not doing it much. Like somebody has been practicing the wrong way for 25 years and you got to fix a swing. Just way like, more difficult. Exactly. So, you know, not only they have bad practice habits, not only they have bad swing habits, they're also probably a little more stubborn and they think that they know what they need to be doing. And there is very yeah. unlikely to want <laughs> to change those habits. Uh, also, you know, it's going to be like the new person is going to be more open minded, is going to be more willing to listen and it's going to be way easier to fix. I cannot agree with you more. I can't tell you how many lessons I've had. Hour lessons, about 40 minutes out of the hour. They're telling me what they think they need to be doing. And I, I'm trying to be professional. And then some other ones are like, you know, I hit my irons pretty good and my short game is good. My putting's, you know, stellar. And my driver, I, I really like the way my driver's, what are you so doing are you here? here? What are you doing here? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. My work's done. Pay on the way out. I'm, I'm good. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, you know, like, you can do more harm working out wrong than not working out at all, I think, in my opinion. You know, obviously, if you were, like, severely obese and, like, have, like, lots of health issues, that's the different story. But, you know, if you, like, manage to have a semi-active lifestyle, even though you never hit the gym, if you come to me like that, I am more likely, you know, like, you're, you're probably going to make progress faster than if you have been doing bro workouts for the last 10 years. <laughs> right. And you think you're in pretty good shape. Definitely. You know? That's what I encountered. You mentioned that you're working with the teacher again. Are you still trying to play, like maybe some amateur stuff here or just yeah, I, more for I your sanity? Have, I don't have any interest in ever playing competitively again. Like I'll play like fun events, you know, like I have a couple, like a couple, like just fun tournaments coming up, like scrambles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever want to like play competitive. You know, like people ask me this all the time. So like, are you trying to get on tour? And I'm like, no, I am not good enough. I was never good enough. <laughs> uh, but I'm just trying to just like enjoy the game again. If I ever have to go out there, I want to go out there and be able to hit the ball and have fun and not basically hate myself when I walk out the golf course because you know how it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, like, we all do. not having any fun, you know, it's like, I, I'm just playing so crappy, you know, I'm losing all these balls. I'm embarrassing myself in front of my clients. Granted, they don't care, but I care. It's like, right. this is not good. You know what I mean? And, uh, that was actually March of last year. You know, like I reach out to Mikey Golf, who's Mike Widget. You probably find him on on um on Instagram. And I was like, listen, <laughs> pretend that I don't know anything. Whatever you tell me, I will do. And uh, <laughs> since then, he's really, really helped me. I mean, helped me improve a lot. You know, and like I would say that I always had a little bit of an unusual golf swing. Um, you know, when I was a junior golfer, it worked because I was just not hitting it far enough. You know what I mean? Like you have a inconsistent golf swing, not the greatest mechanics, not a good foundation. So when you're hitting it, you know, when you're hitting your driver 80 yards, well, you're fine, you know, but as I grew older and I started getting stronger, I mean, I've always been a fairly long hitter. Then I was getting in big trouble, especially off the tee. And then that got in my head. You know what I mean? So I was um, not never had the best swing, and I feel like right now it's the best I've ever had, like oh, even from ever, even from college. So I'm excited for that. I mean, I'm you know I'm still kind of like freak out a little bit sometimes when I'm at the course, but yeah, absolutely. What are the scores looking like these days? Well, I um you know I don't even know. I haven't been keeping score, but I would say like maybe like low 80s. Oh, you get you get. T-bone just worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got, you got T-bone, T-bone no, no problem. 
Yeah, you know, like when I was in college, you know, I was like shooting in the 70s consistently. Like basically everything that wasn't in the 70s was bad round. Yep. You know, and then I go from shooting in the 70s to shooting 120, you know, and like just be like, don't keep my score. Now, like I'm, I'm totally fine having anything under 85 or 85 I'm okay with. I just want to be a decent player, have fun out there and just like not have a miserable time when I'm playing with my clients or my friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, well, well, at least on our end here, you know, ever since we stopped playing, you know, competitively, scrambles are a lot more fun. Oh to my play. god! So yeah, much. you get the music going a little bit. The maybe have a few cocktails out there. It's a good time. I, I completely agree with you. And also, you know what's fun? Par three golf courses. They're oh, so okay. much fun because I, my weakness has always been my driver. So when you don't have to hit the driver, it's like, <laughs> I actually just hit a green in regulation. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, did I just par? Did I just par that? It's pretty <laughs> cool. So par three courses, guys, highly recommend them. They're a lot of fun. You know, we're we're based in Houston, and there are not many par three courses around here. There was one that I remember growing up playing at, but they shut it down. Hackberry? Yeah, Hackberry. Yeah. R.I.P. Hackberry. I don't Yeah, I, I mean, we're the fourth largest city in America, and I can't think of – one par three course that's out here. Well, let me tell you something. I around me uh, is a Palm Beach par three. It's like right in the ocean, just a beautiful par three. There's like some really long holes, you know, like they have like 180 yard holes, and then they have some that are like 50. So it's like really cool, you know. There's water. It's really nicely kept. And then recently, I found about this other little par three that I had no idea existed. So like. I'm sure there is one somewhere that you don't know about that you just need to research, and it's probably a hidden gem. And the one I'm talking about is called Jupiter Dunes. It's in Jupiter, and it's it's like seriously in the best shape ever, like insane. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, like I can just like this. This is better than like most of the private golf courses I play. <laughs> I know, it's like really, really nice. Yeah, yeah it sounds we like we gotta go on a scavenger hunt here. Yeah, I need to here. do some searching in Houston. Yeah. Um, also, just speaking of, of Florida, we definitely wanted to uh, ask you about the PGA show. Looks oh, like yeah. the looks like you got to spend some time there. Um, based off of what I saw, it looks like the driving range was pretty awesome. Oh my you god! Want to tell us a little bit yes. about that. So I had obviously this is my third PGA show, but this cool. is actually my first time. This was my first year going to Demo Day. Um, you know, Demo Day is the first day, so basically, it, it, like the driving range is just sick. Like, I had heard about this, but I didn't really, like, picture it until I was there. Imagine this giant circle, and everybody's hitting balls towards the middle, not hitting each other somehow. So I guess it's a really big circle. Jeez. And there's, like, boots of, like, different club makers and, like, different grip makers and, like, you, you whatever you can imagine, all around the circle. So it's just, like, a golfer's paradise, you know? They have music and they have drinks and they have like all of their new products you can just literally walk up and try and hit balls with them you know it's really cool um hands down my favorite part about the show i think you know like my favorite first demo day it's been two three years since i've been going to the expo i would rather go to demo day going forward than to go to the expo three days so if you guys ever get a chance to go i definitely don't skip demo day like i did last two years that was a stupid decision. Demo day is so much fun. And we also got lucky. We got really nice weather. It was sunny, but it was coolish. It was just really nice. 
Right. And well, you know, hopefully, if this podcast explodes, we'll get the invite next year. <laughs> you know, you can as a as a golf industry professional, you can get in. Oh, KJ, hook Let's us up. Go. KJ. Yeah. Cool. Rapid fire. Uh, what are some superstitions you have on the course? I need to have a bag of crappy golf bag golf balls in my bag at all times. Even if you're playing good. Yes. It's a safety net, of course. Exactly. When I was a kid, you know, when I was a kid and I was like afraid that I was going to like lose all my balls, you know, when, you know, there comes that stage where you're like really afraid of hitting over water and you're like, that's, that's where it comes from. You know, it's like, I will never run out of balls because if I run out of all my good balls, I still have my sack of sucky ball of sucky balls. Yeah. T-Bone on Sunday played a slozenger raw and a uh, noodle. So he definitely knows. (laughs) And I still, and I still had that fear of hitting over the water. So. Um, try the try the little baggy of balls technique. It'll yeah, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, I'll have a bag of noodles for the next round. <laughs> um, who is your favorite golfer? Currently, like currently playing Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose, and of all times, Brad Faxon. Which really? is so funny because I saw him at this at this at some at the show, and he like walked right by me, and he smiled at me, and I like almost died. <laughs> like wanted so bad to like ask him to take a picture, but I didn't want to be a fangirl. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> I was like hyperventilating. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to throw any shade on you, but I feel like that's kind of a, a random pick. Why is he the? Why is Brad Faxon number one? I have one? no idea. I One's remember when I was like, I, yeah, when I was like nine years old, I was obsessed with Brad Faxon. Like obsessed, <laughs> sickly obsessed. It's so strange. It he is a little strange, but yeah, that's cool. Visor. And he had the he had the lettuce overflowing the, from the visor. Yeah, so I, exactly the same, you know, like literally exactly the same. Aged like a fine wine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Um, what kind of clubs are you playing with? Oh my god, I have the world's oldest clubs. Uh, I need new clubs, but I play pink G fives. Oh wow, oh, wow. that is old school. Twelve years old. No, they, like I got them before college, and I've been out of college for like ten years. <laughs> Someone sponsor me, damn it! <laughs> Come on, Ping. I, I know a Ping guy. I play Ping G fives. I have, oh my god, I have a Callaway putter, a Big Bertha blade putter, like a Callaway golf putter. That's like that's like a gem. A really wow. old. It works. That's a wall hanger. Yep. I ha I play my driver is a Cobra F eight, which is like the newest thing I have in my bag. And then my woods are rocket balls from my seventy five year old client who gave them to me because he didn't want them anymore. <laughs> Perfect. What's your favorite movie? Desperado. All right. Love it. Can't relate on Research. that. Research. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to I'll get back to you on that one. It's it's really it's really hot. You know like they show like Salma Hayek. Jackson hotter now. <laughs> you know Salma Hayek, they show her boobs. Oh. Oh. Hell. <laughs> well, <That's> okay. Awkward <laughs> call for silence. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite course? Uh, Pelican Preserve in Naples. No particular reason. It's nothing special. I just played really good there, so it's like my favorite. I also played uh, the Ocean Course in Kiwa Island, but I don't remember. I do not remember it. So, so okay. Pelican Preserve. All right, this is a little more than a rapid fire, but what is your best and worst golf memory? Oh, my God, I have a lot of worst golf memories. My best golf memory 
would probably be like shooting my lowest round in college. So, you know, like I um, don't even remember what it was, but I just, I was happy at Pelican Preserve and I played so good and it was just like really awesome. I love that. And then my worst golf memory was just probably also in college, just playing like crap. Just kidding. My, <laughs> my worst golf memory might be me playing with my clients a year ago and embarrassing myself and just playing so badly that I like wanted to cry. And like I went out and like needed professional help immediately. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can I can relate to that big time. We've all been there. Um, cool. So what do you do when you're uh, not golfing or not doing like fitness stuff? Uh, I go to the beach. I just moved right by the beach. So I've been going to the beach a lot. Jealous. Um, I take lots of naps. I'm a love nap lover. Um, <laughs> you know, like I really, really do like working out myself. And now that I work out myself smarter instead of harder, I enjoy it even more. You know, what I mean, I used to go out there and kill myself. Now I just kind of like do the things that I need to be doing to get better and not like, you know, like just work out for the sake of working out. So I enjoy it so much more. OK, so we talked about working out properly. What would you say, just overall, you, you already said the three main faults you see in, in golfers. What would you say three main workouts golfers could do to improve themselves? All right. So first things first, you know, like, and I start every single one of my sessions with this. you got to foam roll and you got to stretch the right body parts. So you, you just said you got yourself a foam roller, so nice job. It's a fancy one. It's got like... It's got like the uh, massage patterns on it too. Oh, I, fancy. I went all out. Yeah, high roller. Yeah, high roller. Hey, yeah. that worked out. Anyways, like so, that thing for anybody. If you're not gonna do any workouts at all, if you start foam rolling and doing the correct stretches, then you're gonna get better. That's it, even if that's all you do. So getting getting that mobility, getting that rotation, and loosening up the muscles so that you can actually move better. That's the number one thing. Second, activate the glutes. And this involves a <laughs> lot of really awkward, annoying little movements, laying on the ground, literally poking your butt until it wakes up, and, uh, you know, doing a lot of glute bridges, I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I'm that actually, sounds like Tiger. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to touch on that. I saw on your Instagram page you talk about activating the glutes. We know Tiger talked about it back in the day. What yeah. does that mean? It is so funny because everybody thinks it's such a big joke, but I can guarantee that 90% of the people listening to this cannot do it. So the glutes, <laughs> I know I can. Obviously, we all know where the glutes are. However, because we spend so much time sitting down, you know, most of us are like, you know, have office jobs or we drive, we commute to work. Because of the lifestyle that we live, that is basically setting our glutes up for failure. So we don't know how to properly engage the glutes which happen to be the most important muscle in golf and one of the most important muscles of the core. So what does the core do? Basically, it protects your spine. So whenever your core is weak, including the glutes, there's just so much that could go wrong. First of all, you're losing out on a lot of power. And second of all, you're setting yourself up for lower back pain, injuries, you name it. So not only, you know, not only it's good for your health, it's also good for your golf game. Um, so what do I mean by activating the glutes? Making sure that they're working properly. So how many times have you well, have you been at the gym and you've been doing an exercise, like doing a squat, and you feel everything in your legs but nothing in your butt? You know, that kind of situation. Or how many times have you, like, actually made sure that your butt is awake and working before you even start a workout? 
Is you know this what I mean? rhetorical? Because <laughs> definitely zero all the way around the table right now. <laughs> well, you know, even even like before like you play or before you practice, all of my professional golfers know that they have to foam roll, they have to stretch, they have to do the things that we have decided. Granted, everybody is individual, so everybody has a different routine. Everybody has different things that they need to stretch, but everybody knows what they need to be doing, and they go out there and do it before they tee off and before they even go practice. My older clients are a little bit different just because they're doing it a little more leisurely, but every single practice session, every single, sorry, every single training session, I start on the ground by doing bridges, planks, and foam rolling and stretching. Uh, yeah, so that's that's what it means. Just making sure that your muscle is kicking in and working right. You know, this, this is a really good way to test it. Like, uh, it's really funny. You can actually lay on your back when you're in bed tonight. Lay on your back and cup your butt. Like, put your hands under your butt. Now, I want you to try to squeeze your right butt cheek alone. So you're going to squeeze your right butt cheek without squeezing your left butt cheek. And then okay. you're going to see Yeah, for those listening, we're, we're all trying it right now. I know, it's, it's a very awkward sight. But I think my belt's too tight. I don't know, something's happening. <laughs> you know, so like, a, a lot of you are going to notice that when you try to squeeze your right butt cheek, your left one is going to kick in too. Or maybe your quad is going to kick in. And uh, most people can't do it. You know, it's same with the left. Try the left. Left sometimes is even weaker for most people. So that kind of stuff, you need to like learn how to control the muscle. Interesting. Wow, I've never, yeah, I've never talked about this. Talked this about is very enlightening, activating the glutes. We got a lot of work to do. I know. I have to <laughs> sit down and pull my leg up to put my socks on. Like that's how bad my hammies and glutes are. Somebody that had really bad and underactive glutes. You know, really underactive glutes. I would go deadlift and squat like a million pounds, and I never felt anything in my glutes. I felt everything in my back. And my legs, and I was just like, all right, this is not right. But, you know, like, I need to do something about it. So I would literally spend, like, maybe 20 minutes of my three-hour workout, which is not advisable, just doing glute bridges and, uh, you know, foam rolling and make sure that I stretched out my hip flexors just so, so that eventually, maybe two years later, I got to the point where my glutes are awake and I can actually work them and, like, feel them working and control them during my workouts and control them during the golf swing. Cool. I appreciate, yeah, we we definitely learned a lot about glutes, and um, I, that was a very enlightening conversation, so we appreciate that. But yeah, Carolina, this has been great. We're, we're really excited to have you on. Uh, I'm excited for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you, and uh, yeah, we'd love to have you on again in the future. Oh my God, um, Thank you so much for having me, guys. That was a bit fun. Yeah, awesome. And just kind of before we wrap up, what would be the like kind of the best way for our followers to to follow you and just kind of stay up to date with what you're doing? For sure. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. I am Fit Golfer Girl or at Fit Golfer Girl. And uh, if you're looking for some exercises to do to get better at golf, go follow me on YouTube. I'm under uh, Fit Golfer Girl. Tons of tons of videos about like everything you could possibly imagine. And awesome. if you guys want something more specific, uh, go to my website, fitgolfergirl.com. I do offer online training programs and lots of really cool stuff that's personalized and, uh, you know, more more geared towards, like, the golfer that's really serious about improving. Trust awesome. me, guys, it will not disappoint. Definitely give her a follow. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again, Carolina, and, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Well, that was fun. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you, Carolina, the fit golfer girl. And that was a lot of fun. She brought the heat. Yeah, she sure did. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, we got a couple quick things we want to hit on before we close out this episode. 
uh, next week is the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Our boy, Ho Sung Choi, is making his PGA Tour debut. Let's All go. In. All in. Love it. I'm taking happy feet. We're going to landslide victory. We haven't given picks yet uh, per week, but we're going to give our picks now for the tournament. KJ, is that your pick, Ho Sung Choi? Like, lock it in. 100%. 100%. I don't even need my lifelines. 100%. He's okay. taking a landslide. I'm saying two or more. He's going to win by two or more. Wow. Yeah. Is uh-huh. he playing with Rodgers? Do we know? I don't know. I don't think they've released the pairings at least I'm sure at the time of this recording. Happen. But, yeah. I mean, he requested it, and so did Aaron Rodgers. Make it happen, PJ Tour. That'll be so much fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, man. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. Now, Preston was on a few weeks ago. He kind of inspired me. He's had some success there. Jordan's my guy. Go Spieth. Hashtag Team Spieth. My turn. Yeah, t Ben, who you got? Bryson. So, Bryson I, or I totally, I've just kind of been looking at the picks, and this guy's so damn good, but has been, I think, in a coma for the last year. But I think he's due. Jason Day. Oh, Whoa. okay. Have we? Right. Where has he been? I don't know, but I think he's going to show up this week. Okay. I just I feel it. Jason Day. Yeah, solid. It's a good pick. Love it. Um yeah, because there was a big storm that hit Pebble Beach actually over the weekend. Did you all see that? Uh, it kind of tore up like a few of the grandstands and whatnot. I think they'll be ready for the tournament. But, I mean, dude, it's Pebble Beach. And the entire Monterey Peninsula, Spyglass, I'm definitely going to be watching it this weekend. I'm excited. Definitely. Before we close out, we are going to end with our John Daly quote of the day. John Daly said, I will just put four or five extra pack of cigarettes in my bag, and I'll be just fine. Uh, yeah, 100%. You has got to be talking about dealing with stress. Definitely. Simple, Just yeah. chain smoking. And the guy, the guy has so many quotes. It's amazing. He's like Shakespeare. Yeah. With his quotes. Simple <laughs> yet eloquent. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do y'all have anything else that y'all want to add? I think that's good. We're going to wrap this up. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe and write us a review. And also give us a five-star rating, preferably Apple Podcasts. But we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, we want to hear from you on, on how we're doing. We appreciate any and all feedback. Uh, we want to do some segments in the future, especially that involve some of the listeners. So we're still trying to come up with a name with it, but follow us on social media at 3underparpod. That is the number 3, 3 under par pod. Our email is on there. If you have any funny golf stories, any encounters on the golf course, good money game stories, any questions that we can answer, or anything of that nature, shoot us a DM on social media or send us an email. And if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we'll give you the follow-back. It's our hashtag team follow-back. Give you the follow in 48 hours. Thanks for listening to the 300 Par Podcast. And generally, you know 300 Par is 69. So you're welcome. And remember, a little white ball's life.